got the need, the need to podcast. This is episode 46, the Tom Cruise Award Shows, The Cruisies. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Mansey. And Mike, with us tonight, we have, we are continuing our proud and our storied tradition of having a listener, a fellow Tom Cruise fan, join us to unveil these awards. We have done it for maybe Keanu Club, I think we might have done. Joe and I did it for Zack Attack. We did it for sure for Charlize. With us tonight, a Tom Cruise fan. She has been doing her homework, I will say that, watching a lot of movies to get ready for this. We have with us tonight Juhi Kimani. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. This is so exciting. We haven't, we, you know, we did a handful of episodes in a row without a guest. Mostly been doing our friends, so this is exciting to bring some new blood into the uh, the Cruise Club family. Well, I'm a long time, long time listener, first time guest, so this is pretty exciting, <laughs> very exciting for me, and my first podcast ever. So I'm, Ooh. yeah, excited to join join the podcasting world. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. So let me. Okay, so some some questions let's let's establish you before we get into the awards because we have structured these these were voted on by you the listener at cageclub.me slash bracket so they were out there to be voted upon i think there are 25 i think categories we'll find out the winners to all those mike and i will announce our winners uh Jewie's going to do the fan votes and then she can also you know chime in with if that was the right pick or not because i'm sure you have your own opinions i think you voted as well i did yes so Let's get into it. So what do you love about Tom Cruise? Do you have a favorite Tom Cruise movie? And curiously, I'm just curious, how did you find our podcast? So I'll start with how I found your podcast, because it's a little bit of a wild story. Um, (laughs) I am obsessed with the Alien movies, and I'm actually obsessed with the newer Alien movies, Prometheus, Alien Covenant. It's inexplicable. I don't know why, but I love watching them. I think it's something about the music and the cinematography. I think it's so beautifully done, and I love space. And so... Maybe two years ago, I was like, okay, I need someone to break down Prometheus for me really specifically. (laughs) I was like, I can't be the only person trying to understand this movie. I need some other people to also understand this movie and then tell me. So I was on Google and I was like, I'm going to find an episode of a podcast where they break down Prometheus. And then lo and behold, I found Watch the Throne. And I was like, oh my God. These people are exactly <laughs> who I need to be listening to. And I've, I've watched a lot of her movies, too. And so it was a great opportunity to obviously listen to Prometheus and then kind of go backward and then also go forward with Longshot and some of those other movies that have come out. And that's kind of how I found you guys. Well, that's super exciting. I will say, I don't know if you've explored yet, but we have another show on the network that Mike and I are not really involved with, Husbands Talking More or Less, and Nico and Kevo have done the entire Alienverse. Oh. So if you're looking for a uh, deep yeah. dive into all the movies, the expanded, <laughs> you know, what I don't remember they call it, the video games, the short films, like all the stuff that almost was, there's probably about a dozen episodes of those, so they're all they're all out there too. And if you want to know about the novelization of Alien 3, you can go on my <laughs> podcast, Third Time's a Charm, and listen to that Alien 3 episode. It's a good We covered, we covered a lot of alien on this podcast that's network. perfect for me honestly it feels like a lot of our interests are aligning the venn diagram Wonderful. is a circle <laughs> and um to answer your earlier question about tom cruise i remember being like early 2000s going to the movies and it would be like a tom cruise action movie we gotta hit it we gotta go to it and so there's like a certain level of nostalgia when i watch some of these films and i'm like oh yeah i remember watching that with my parents or something and my favorite tom cruise movies it's a tie between two which is sort of a and not a real answer. It's sort of cheating, but it's totally fair. It's Minority Report, and I just 
I love that movie so much. Obviously, Spielberg, Cruz, I like Colin Farrell in there a lot. I just really into that movie. And then more recently, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which I know lived I repeat, which is obviously really in high esteem with you guys as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I apologize in retrospect that one of your two is not nominated for our best film, but we have the other one in there. So yeah, that was, I'm, that was devastating. I'm guessing I, I, I'm guessing I know where <laughs> you're going to fall on that one, but you know, we'll see when we get to the end. I think that's going to be not our final award, but our, our penultimate award because we got I think I think for these actors like best role is a little bit more meaningful than best film but I mean they're both you know hand in hand especially as Tom Cruise's career goes on right it's all like the Tom Cruise movie is a Tom Cruise movie it's not just a movie with Tom Cruise it's like a it's like this is him in a movie essentially so yeah absolutely he takes it really takes it over <laughs> yeah and it was no easy task you know narrowing down these uh, categories and all these nominations either and sometimes I wonder Joe if we should have recorded and released that as an episode as well <laughs> of us trying to argue down like what is going to stay and what's going to go so that was a tough evening i could tell you that much it's all it's never it's never fun i mean there's that like the only other thing that comes close to that in terms of what we do is also when we're trying to figure out what friends are on what episodes oh, so yeah, it's yeah, like okay yeah. okay how do we assign okay how do we make this fair so it's a lot of uh you know give and take kind of but i think we i think where we wound up is a pretty good place i think i hope no, we'll it out. is. It is very much so. I think you guys did a great job breaking it down. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You are your your check is in the mail for all, all <laughs> saying all the right things. Fantastic. So let's get into it. Without further ado, let us don our ball gowns and tuxedos and get into it with the cruises. The first one up is going to be... capes and our masks, Joey. Our oh, capes yes. And masks. Fidelio. Is it Fidelio? Yeah, Fidelio, right? That's Or am I confusing <laughs> that with nope, Mulholland Drive? Nope, that's it. Yep. No, you got it. Wait, what's the Mulholland Drive? It's the... Oh, Silencio. Fidelio yeah. and Silencio. That's right. Okay. Not in this. It's going to be in the next one. But in this category, best cruise supporting role, we have... Frank T.J. Mackey in Magnolia, Les Grossman in Tropic Thunder, Senator Jasper Irving in Lions for Lambs, and Stacy Jacks in Rock of Ages. Mike, who did you go with? All right, this is one of the smaller nominated categories, and these are all tough. You know, I think it comes down to I could watch a movie about all of these people except for one, and I think it's because his performance is the perfect length in, in a great movie, and I went with Frank T.J. Mackey in Magnolia. I feel like that he balances that movie really well. Like, I'd watch a Les Grossman movie, a Stacey Jacks movie, even a Senator Jasmine Irving sequel where he might be a presidential nominee or something like that, Joey. So, like, I went with uh, with that one. Well, you know, I'm going to have to drop that losing it sting in here because we matched once again best crew supporting role, Frank <laughs> T.J. Mackey. I mean, I like all four of these characters. I think I probably like the... Marco Rubio won a little bit more than you did, but I think that all four of these are good, but I think the best one, and your your point is good, that the Frank T.J. Mackey one is a good one because it's the perfect length, the perfect intensity. It's just, it's great. So now, Juhi, do we have a three-way tie? Did the fans also select this, or did they go somewhere else? We have a three-way tie. The fans also selected this. Wow. Wonderful. Awesome. Now, do you agree, or do you have a different opinion? So when I voted for this, I think I was going a little for shock value, and I just, I had to pick Les Grossman from Tropic Thunder, sure. because that is just an outrageous role. So, and I did actually recently watch Lions for Lambs to tackle one I hadn't seen, and mm -hmm. I mean, Tom Cruise is, is very likable in that movie as well. He is very charismatic. But I think at the end of the day, I do agree with what the consensus is. There we go. I don't know that we're going to have too many of these three-way ties, but, you know, I guess to your point, Mike, smaller category, easier to match up, right? Yeah, so. I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain if we've ever had a three-way tie. <laughs> I think we have, but I mean, there's we've done we've done literally probably a hundred awards, right? So yeah, <laughs> not shows, but just awards that we've given out. But yes, 
All right, Mike, okay. hit us with that next category, most daring role to take. Most daring role to take. So, Colonel Klaus von Stauffenberg in Valkyrie, Dr. Bill in Eyes Wide Shut, Frank T.J. Mackey in Magnolia, Ron Kovic in Born on the Fourth of July, and Vincent in Collateral. Now, these are all tough. These are all tough category, tough, you know, tough nominations, tough choices. I'm going to go with Ron Kovic, though, because I feel like that early in his career, that intense of a role, the transformation, the physical transformation, it's there's a lot going on there, and I think portraying, bringing such like gravitas to the real character, the real man of Ron Kovic, that I had to go with Born on the Fourth of July. Well, Joey. I've got one thing to say to you, and that's... Are we losing it? Losing it. I don't know how this is happening so soon, but we've matched again. And pretty much for all the same reasons, I was thinking, you know, as like a younger actor with kind of a lot on the line, and he had built up a reputation, and if this flopped or didn't work in any way, playing someone like through a couple generations and everything, like a guy growing up, like I, he had a lot to lose. And I think he killed it and pulled it off, and it sort of like catapulted him uh, a little bit faster. I think, through the ranks. All right, now, do we have another three-way tie, or do the fans go somewhere else? No, we have another three-way tie, and the fans agree with you. It is, in fact, Ron Kovic in Born on the Fourth of July. Wow. Now, one other thing, and you don't have, like, if, the, if there's not a story to tell, we don't have to go here, but, like, are these, are they close? Are they runaway victories? Because I don't know, like, we have not peeked at the answer, so all of this is a mystery right now. So are these, like, are these overwhelming favorites winning, or are they kind of, like, tough, close races? So as of right now, they are overwhelming favorites, and this is, okay. they're not even close, but kind of a preview <laughs> of coming up, they are about to get very contentious, very close. Ooh. I think, I think they will be, some people will be upset i think very oh and I, I was gonna say very exciting i don't know if people being upset is exciting but i'm i'm interested in a close race let's keep going this third category is a spoiler filled category the best death tom cruise dies a lot it seems especially in the first nominee all his deaths in edge of tomorrow which is maybe a cheat but all of his deaths in edge of tomorrow we've got by firing squad and valkyrie getting rolled over by a horse which he then came back to life in Far and Away, <laughs> who got shot and killed and left on the subway in Collateral, taking a leap of faith in Vanilla Sky. So, Mike, what yes. did you go with here? So this is a tough category. You know, I sort of, like, talked myself into a corner. I was like, I didn't want to go with Vanilla Sky or Far and Away because he doesn't really die. Like, or at least in Vanilla Sky, he apparently comes back to life and at the end of that. That's one reading of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Valkyrie and Collateral, like, I don't know. Those are... Oh no! Good, gonna, they're gonna, good it's gonna deaths. Again. It's they're good again. deaths, and technically, in Edge of Tomorrow, he survives in the end and comes back to life anyway. But I picked the Edge of Tomorrow anyway. I couldn't help myself. It's just like it's to the point of no return. I just loved it so much. So yeah, and again, once again, losing it once again. I went with that one. I mean, I, I, this is one where I'm kind of like, I don't know how you could not. You know what I mean? Like it feels kind of like a cheat, but also they're just so good. Like the movie, the movie wouldn't work well if the deaths weren't good, right? And it, the deaths are great, and I love that movie for so many reasons. Do we have a third three-way tie, or is this one that the uh, the fans differ? Well, I cannot believe this, but we have another three-way tie. And this is, oh. like, not it's not just a tie. Like, everyone, so many people agree with you guys. This is the overwhelming majority here. All of those deaths in Edge of Tomorrow. This one's kind of like a loaded category. Again, I don't know that it's necessarily fair, but, you know, it is what it is. So, cool. Well, three for three, Mike. This is keeping things easy, keeping it breezy. This next one, though, is a, it's our smallest category. So hit us, please, with Worst Love Story. Oh, man, it is our small. I didn't even... All right, so here we go. So, worst love story, we have Bill and Alice and Eyes Wide Shut. 
We have Brian and Jordan in Cocktail, and then we have Roy and June in Night and Day. I went with this one because, and I feel like maybe we're going to have another match here. You know, Eyes Wide Shut, they wind up, they all wind up together in all these, right? And I think that's the, it's like, where do they go from here? Is Nicole Kidman okay with his mask on the pillow? Who knows? Roy and June in Night and Day. I mean, I don't know what's gone. That that, that movie has almost love entirely it. left my brain. Love it. <laughs> I know. I can't believe you love it. <laughs> one of our big, one of our big disagreements. <laughs> I know. I went with Brian and Jordan in the end because the end where like, she just feels trapped in a way that I don't know that the movie means her to be, but it feels like, oh, this is well, like, girl you are this is a bad place this is a bad position for you to be in like his his character there is is not great and i just feel bad for her so brian and jordan cocktail is my pick for worst love story well joey we're making history tonight pack your bags to tijuana because we're losing it once again I felt like all the things you said, but I feel like he's also trapped in the end, too. Like, he's trying to do the right thing, knowing that it's not what he wants. And then even in the end, he's like, okay, like, I think I could make this work. And she's like, twins. And he's like, ah, damn it. Like, (laughs) I just dropped a level in hell now. No, but I get, like, an overwhelming sense that they should definitely never sort of settle down together in the end like they should have just let bygones be bygones and gone their separate ways like yes we're both extremely hot but no we're we're not good <laughs> for each other so now Juhi, do we have another three-way tie i feel like cocktail is like a little bit of an underseen movie so i don't know if people would have voted for that but what do the fans what do the listeners choose for this one well the listeners disagree with you guys i have to say they have finally they finally they have picked bill and alice and eyes wide shut and i actually voted for this one as well so I feel like the the yeah, What's your rationale? Why do you why do you think this is the worst love story? I remember watching this movie and you know Kubrick really makes you earn his films. I feel like it's 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 definitely they're very long and and I remember going and reading a little bit about the making of this film and how long it took and and kind of what happened after with the two leads anyway with their personal lives I think that we can maybe just say it's the worst love story because of its truth in reality oh I like that that's a very yeah. good angle that it, it yeah. yes it ruined sort of the transcended the film role and yeah, yeah. and I think yeah. a lot of people probably probably agree with that they, they kind of feel that Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise like transcended their roles and had the worst love story there was a recent article that came out that was saying that they blamed the failure of the Matrix sequels on Stanley Kubrick. Bill Pope, the uh, cinematographer, I think. Yeah, it was because yeah. They, he said that the Wachowskis did so many takes, like that, you know, you're acting for, so you have to break down the actor's facade and whatever, right. and like, yeah. they were like doing 80 takes of like scenes, and just the, the actors were, they, they had no energy left, and it's like, how, how can you do that? So... It, when it works, it works. When it doesn't work, it's like, oh man, yeah, like really some horror work. stories. Now on the flip side of the coin, best love story. Yes. These are the tales Talk as old as time. We've got <laughs> Ethan and Jules in Mission Impossible Three. We've got Jack and Lily in Legend. Jerry and Dorothy in Jerry Maguire, and Maverick and Goose or Iceman in Top Gun. Mike, <laughs> who'd you pick? I really only felt like there were. Well, no, you know what? This was actually a rather tough category. You know how much I love my Legend of Zelda movie, um, and I, I love that and everything. I love the uh, the bromance and everything going on in Top Gun. 
Um, if only Jules and, and Ethan, if only she had been... Like, stop doing this. Stop, stop it. Okay. It's Jerry Maguire. I mean, come yeah, on. I mean, you I had me I'm at hello. stop it because, again, matched again. But go ahead. Oh, no. <laughs> I was trying to be, like, all teasy and stuff. Next time, I'm just going to go for the jugular and, and no, see I'm, what it is. I, I love the way you're building it up. I'm just saying, like, stop because, like, we're we're so in sync with what we're picking. It's oh, like, I it's, see. It's, I see. It's boring. It's anticlimactic. But, I mean, when we're right, we're right, I guess. But, yeah, please, go on. J- Jerry Maguire, what do you love about that love story? It's hard to encapsulate everything, but I I like a certain lesson I think Jerry learns is that uh, things aren't always better at the top or what's at the top isn't always at the top. Like he, they find them, they find each other in the most sort of unlikely of circumstances and they want each other. They want to make it work and they make it work and they're willing to compromise and all this kind of stuff. It feels like a, like a, the way a real relationship would go through about in, in more of like a real reality than the rest of them. So I went with that. I will also say that this is it's the only one of the four that's really probably like a romance movie. Like we've got a fantasy movie, we've got an action movie, we've got an action movie. And so like, I guess you could say Legend is kind of a rom-drom sort of or fantasy romance, but like there's kind of one clear like this was a movie that was made to be a romance, right? So maybe it's an easy pick. I don't know. What did the fans, Julie, what did the, what did the fans pick and what did you choose? What is your, what's your choice? So the fans disagreed with you overwhelmingly and they picked maverick and goose and iceman in top gun makes me very happy and i actually finished this movie this morning and so i am wait had you seen it before or no no i had never seen it and i had kind of i knew that i was like i'm not coming into this podcast about tom cruise without watching top gun that's just unacceptable and so this morning i really powered through it so this is fresh in my mind and let me tell you it is a uh, it's a strong love story <laughs> i mean how many how many volleyball scenes with jeans on can you name in movies like it just you playing with the boys there was a lot of stuff in this movie that i was just not prepared for as a viewer <laughs> um but i actually did not pick them i agreed with you guys and i picked jerry and dorothy oh. and jerry mcguire because when you spawn a line that people still use as like falling in love with someone you have the best love story oh yeah i mean the joker even says it to batman in the (laughs) dark night right like absolutely how can you not (laughs) yeah it's just it's become too a part of pop culture it's too much in the zeitgeist for it not to be the best love story very true i mean one thing that i think is very true about a couple of these cat a couple of these in this category both top gun and jerry Maguire have permeated other movies and other things in ways like the dark knight and like, like just everything right you know thinking archer mm-hmm. with dangers like everything is they these movies are big enough and loved enough and popular enough and whatever adjectives you want to throw at them that have they have made their way they've spread their tentacles into other areas of pop culture and so i think it's uh it's a testament to the, I guess, the love stories of these movies, right? So I, that's probably, I was probably exaggerating, but it's also, you know, maybe not. I don't know. I think it really goes towards how Tom Cruise has become Tom Cruise the actor now, just beyond the person. When so much of what you've done in the past is informing pop culture to this day, you sort of transcend yourself, I think. And that's kind of why Tom Cruise is who he is. Very, very good point. Very well said. You can't necessarily have a good love story without a good sex scene. Or maybe (laughs) you can. I don't know, (laughs) because a lot of these are not the best love story. They're just the best sex scene. So Mike, please hit us 
with the best yes. sex scene in a Tom Cruise movie. I, I don't know where some of these categories came from. I think it was just sort of kicking around. Like, we didn't have enough games, so we wanted to make the podcast longer, so we started adding categories, maybe, but here we go. Best also, sex this one, scene. there is a little bit of a sadness in this category. I know, I know, but, and we'll get there. But uh, So, first up, we have Around the House with Rebecca De Mornay <laughs> in Risky Business. Which, by the way, I want to say that I put on my TV and Risky Business was on, just like whatever channel I had left on, Risky Business was on, and it was on that scene where, like, oh. The door blows open her dress or whatever. I'm like, oh, like this is just dropping me into like smut in the middle of something. I'm like, okay, I, I respect it. Thank you, TV. Not to jinx anything, but the circle's been on Sci-Fi Channel oh. like madness, and I've been doing my best not to check it out yet. So. I mean, you're just gonna, you're gonna, you're not gonna want to do Hanks for the Memories anymore once you see that. So just avoid <laughs> we'll get it there. as long as you can. Sex in a waterfall with Elizabeth Shoes in Cocktail. Smash cut to bed with Kelly Preston. R.I.P. Naked eating submarine, eating submarines. What? That's impossible. Naked eating strawberries in Jerry Maguire. Take my breath away with Kelly McGillis in Top Gun, and then the zero G sex with Sarah Wright in American Made. So this one might be of the categories that we've had so far. This might be the toughest choice that I've had to make. I think a lot of these are great. I think that you know Cruz rocks a sex scene. He's got some unique sex scenes in a way that very few other actors. <laughs> Cruz does rock a sex scene, doesn't he? Right. <laughs> I went with one that was, and I, I I fear I fear sort of I feel Mike that we're gonna match once again because I went with one that I have never seen before and probably will never see again. Mm. Zero G sex with Sarah Wright in American Made because how can you not? How can you not, when you're piloting a plane and having sex with your wife while piloting it, and then hitting turbulence and getting thrown up in the air, completing the act? So, zero-G sex with Sarah Wright in American Made. Well, all I can say is someone call Shelley Long, because I'm losing it. Have we matched we, on every single we one We matched so again. I don't, I don't know. We might have, but you know how much I love American Made as a movie, and that scene was a late contender and I just had to go with it because it's in one of my favorite movies one of my favorite not just my favorite cruise movies like that's one of my favorite movies like I don't know why and how that happened but like yeah at least at the modern age 20th century 21st century at least but zero g yep but okay I get it I get it so now I feel like again Juhi that this is you know American Made is a popular movie but I don't think it's as popular as some of these other ones so what did the fans select for this one So the fans selected Take My Breath Away with Kelly McGillis in Top Gun yeah, Okay yep that okay makes sense. And right. as someone who Respect. watched that scene this morning it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty it was pretty sexy I will say I didn't vote for this one I actually voted for uh, zero G sex with Sarah Wright in American Made hey. because that's that's unique. That's fun. That's I mean Tom Cruise is doing all kinds of crazy stuff on planes. Why not this too, right? Yeah, I feel like the Top Gun like everything is almost shot like a music video, so a sex scene is gonna look good no matter what in that movie. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. I feel like this earned it better. Now these next two, Mike, I once again fear looking at my choices that we are gonna oh, fear. Dear. Fear is the wrong fear is the wrong word, but I think we might match mm-hmm. again for these next two. First up. Best non-cruise actor, male. We've got Jamie Foxx as Max in Collateral. Actually, maybe not, because I know you love Jonathan Lipnicki and Jerry Maguire. Where are you, Lipnicki? As Katsumoto in The Last Samurai. Paul Newman as Fast Eddie Nelson in The Color of Money. And Philip Seymour Hoffman, the late, great 
Go check out P.S. I Love Hoffman in Magnolia and Mission Impossible 3. Mike, who did you go with for best non-cruise actor male? So I think the shock here is that I didn't pick Ken Wananabe. Oh, wow. I, okay, because that I is know. who I picked. That's what I thought. Oh, okay, really? So no kidding. Different. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I actually went. And I think because of the your 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 love for him, you I know. collected, but yours <laughs> especially, yours and Holly's on that episode, you know, the love that we showed to Ken Watanabe, like, influenced me so who did you go with i really campaigned for him i love his stuff but i just couldn't help myself i went with jamie fox as max oh okay i just think there's just another level going it's just the two of them right i mean it kind of is with it with last samurai but not in that right. way but it's just like jamie fox and tom cruise are like in a play on stage together sitting in two chairs for most of that movie as far as i'm concerned and like he is upstaging cruise i think in that film uh, i think he's one of the few people who can and yeah he just brought it so all right so now did the fans match with one of us or do they go with a third choice so the fans actually went with philip seymour hoffman in magnolia and mission impossible three two for the price of one what did you think how where where would you go where would you cast your ballot in this category because this is a tough one so i actually went with jamie fox's max and collateral and collateral is one of those films where i so remember tom cruise with the gray hair the taxi Mm -hmm. mark ruffalo Mm -hmm. i think jada pinkett smith like i i remember that last Mm -hmm. scene when we had gone over deaths earlier, but when when he's on the subway and his last line is like, do you think anyone will notice someone dies on the subway or something like that? And I, I just so remember that. And I thought Jamie Foxx's performance just really knocked it out of the park. So I disagreed with the majority here. Well, no arguments there. I think, you know, Mike said it well. You said it well. Just Jamie Foxx doing work in collateral. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike, best non-cruise actor yes. female. Five nominees, okay. another very tough category. Who'd you go with here? Here we go. So we have Demi Moore as Joe in A Few Good Men, Emily Blunt as Rita in Edge of Tomorrow, Nicole Kidman in Days of Thunder, Far and Away, and Eyes Wide Shut, Rebecca Ferguson as Ilsa in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation and Fallout, and Renee Zellweger in Jerry Maguire. So now this is, like I was saying, a tough category. I think that there's no wrong choices here, but I do think that there is a right choice. There's no wrong choices, but there is a right choice. And I don't know how you see Edge of Tomorrow and not, like, be a why is Emily Blunt not in every movie ever? Like, she's just the absolute greatest. She's cool. She's beautiful. She's badass. She's strong as hell. Emily Blunt, Edge of Tomorrow, incredible. I don't know if this is, like, spoilies, but I think Edge of Tomorrow might have, like, swept it with me when we get into it, because I went there as well. As much as I, like, fell in love on screen with Rebecca Ferguson for the first time in Rogue Nation, and now, like, you have to watch everything she's in, and you know, grew up with Demi Moore and everyone. I just, I mean, Emily Blunt, I was just kind of saying about Jamie Foxx, sort of out-acting Cruz maybe a little bit. She sort of, like, out-actions him in some parts of this movie, yeah. too. And, like, he has to, like, follow her. So I feel like that is a very tough call, and she answered it with no problem. So, Emily yeah. Blunt. Now, Juhi, where did the fans go? The fans agree with you. I agree with you. There's no one else. It's Emily Blunt. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Nicole Kidman probably gives, like, I mean, it's hard to compare these. I think Nicole Kidman's performance in some of these is, like, it's just, I mean, she's one of the best actors. She's in big movies, too. Like, Far and Away is a long, tough-looking shoot. Eyes Wide Shut. Like, Days of Thunder, you know, I mean, that's a cool movie and everything, but she's kind of underutilized, and there is the doctor and everything. But it's not easy, but Emily Blunt is... You know, I think just edges them out. Edges of edge of tomorrow. <laughs> and I think it's also Emily Blunt 
before this, you remember her and you being us and also the listener as like the woman in the Devil Wears Prada and someone who has done very different roles. And this was such a departure mm-hmm. from everything else that she's done. And she's such a badass in it. And you you just think she's incredible. Yeah. Maybe without this movie, she doesn't get a quiet place, right? Like, I think, you know, she solidifies. <laughs> well, I, think I think she was already married to yeah. the director well, and writer. Maybe. I take your point, though. I'm going to make a joke. Maybe know. without this movie, she doesn't, you know, that John Krasinski doesn't fall in love with her. Who knows? I don't know how this works. I don't know how I don't. I think work. they were already married. Mike, Mike stop trying to I don't know. <laughs> maybe without this movie, she doesn't get Sicario. Maybe that's the one that's right. Yes. Yeah, there you go. wasn't casting. Jeez, talk about a badass role. Yeah. That's a much better comparison. Just continues the trend. All right, now we cast. We talked, just talked about the uh, the leading lady or the leading man across from Tom. But now we have the entire crew, the entire in front of the camera, the best ensemble cast. A few good men, Magnolia, Mission Impossible, Fallout, The Outsiders, and Top Gun. Mike, I think I don't yes. even I don't remember who I voted for, but I might change it. I got I got I got to decide <laughs> it in the moment. I don't know how to go here. Who did you cast? Who did you vote? I'm not gonna change it because I feel like it's. It's definitely okay. It's a few good men. I'm just gonna wow. Okay, okay. Suspense. It's a few good men, but I'll tell you why. I feel like it's the one where Cruz is sort of front and center for most of. Like Fallout, he's got the whole team. Top Gun, he's got the rest of the guys. Outsider, he's barely in. And Magnolia, like we talked about, he's sort of like a fourth of it or whatever. But with a few good men, like he's sort of um, he reminds me almost of like, and this might not come out right, but like kind of like the dog that herds the rest of the sheep around and stuff like throughout the movie, like or him and. Me at least. I don't know. I feel like everybody is really working off each other really well. There's a really great yeah. energy. I, I usually snooze a little during courtroom dramas, and this one was like not like that at all. Like I was just really drawn to it. I was really engaged with it, and uh, I could keep track of everyone and everything that was going on. So I attribute that mostly, I think, to this great cast. Now I will say that I originally voted for Magnolia, but I'm going to change it. I think Magnolia obviously like has a great cast. I think Paul Thomas Anderson does his thing where he tells like what probably eight or ten stories and does it like an exquisite way and has all these different great actors. I gotta go Mission Impossible Fallout. I mean, I think in retrospect, I think the the way that they are able to, and I think this is kind of a cumulative award, right? Like the way that and it's your able, favorite. Uh, it is Mission my favorite. Impossible, yeah. But like the way that they keep building these franchise, the movies out, that they keep Luther around, that they add Benji, that they add Ilsa, that they add. Vanessa Kirby like they keep adding people and they keep making it all feel real and natural and like the fact that this is the sixth right sixth movie seventh movie sixth movie sixth movie Mm -hmm. in the franchise everyone is so fully realized and so well performed you know as much as I think these all are great great nominees in hindsight in the moment I gotta go Mission Impossible Fallout all right that makes sense to me you know the more that they kind of keep adding to the cast the more it becomes sort of uh, more memorable and rounded yeah Joey where do the fans go and where do you land the fans went with Magnolia okay and I did not <laughs> I, okay. I picked a few good men because I I really agree with the breakdown of how he's kind of the shepherd of that film Tom Cruise is he's like head counsel and then Demi Moore and that other guy whose name escapes me now Kevin Pollack Kevin Pollack yeah, yeah they're they're like the team but he's leading the team 
it's way more ensemble like but tom cruise still shines in a leading role i'd say so i i i differed from the audience yeah you seem you and mike seem like you're pretty much in lockstep which i appreciate <laughs> i also do feel like the the fan vote is like going the way of kyle and brian like it feels like we're hopping those fans <laughs> you think, go, so. <laughs> you think they know. stuffed the ballots i don't know it might have i know i know i know who voted i don't think people voted more than once so you know we didn't have like an overwhelming number of votes but i think you know they both voted i know that so they, they almost certainly if often was involved they you know cast their, their their ballot in that direction so i try to tell a story in ordering these awards right in terms of going from like you know male to female to ensemble love story love story sex scene right like there's like there's things you can cluster together i don't know how to go from best ensemble cast to best of the worst most fun bad film but please <laughs> like hit us with this next category who is nominated sometimes the best segue is just a sharp cut you know just an abrupt one so best of the worst films we have cocktail endless love Rock of Ages, and The Mummy. I want to point out, I think we talked about this when we did the nominations, that I want to say that Cruz's filmography is so good that we did not have bad things to say, really, right? Like, we didn't have worst film. Mm-hmm. Like, we have we tried. Worst film. We yeah. have an overwhelming number of bad films in Tom Hanks' filmography. You know, know. Keanu, Charlie's <laughs> oh, not hard to fill those up with bad films. Again, we love all these actors, but it's just like sometimes there's there's a lot to say that we don't love. This, we're just like, yeah, we love almost all these movies. These four, I mean, we love them. They're not necessarily good, but, right. you know, we still love them. This isn't necessarily a Tom Cruise movie. But the the pace car for the podcast being Endless Love Mm -hmm. is truly one of the best ways we could enter a podcast. Like, we we loved entering Charlie's with Children of the Corn 3. Children of the Corn 3. It it spawned my entire solo podcast. You know, know, Best of Times where Nicolas Nicolas Cage plays, you know, it's a TV thing where he's afraid of going to war. Like, there's good stuff to start, but like, Endless Love problematic to be sure but just (laughs) insane batshit insane almost 40 years ago now i love this dumb dumb movie and i'm just waiting for uh shout factory to like send my order shout factory where it's at (laughs) like i order this i know it's a pandemic but i need endless love i need to watch this movie again well, no surprise there for me. I knew you loved you were going to vote for this. I mean, I love this in the same way. I think we both agreed that because of this movie, we could have this category in a way. Uh, I mean, I, and it was also hard to sort of think of a fourth. I think. I mean, in retrospect, I'm not quite sure. Cocktail. That might just be, in my opinion, his only bad movie. I don't know, like outright. But we're here. No, I mean the Mummy is a bad movie. The Mummy, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, pretty definitively a bad movie. I'm not sure I'm going to like it again the next time I watch it, as opposed to the other three on this list. You know I love my mummy. Like, I just can't help myself when it comes to that. Like, I feel like it should have come out in 1994. Like, it just was sitting on the shelf for too long. I just love it. I love Endless Love, and I would have gone there, but he's just not in it enough. And, I mean, Rock of Ages, come on. Like, I had to go there. I voted for Rock of Ages. There's nothing, in my opinion, better than a rock opera that is almost impossible to get through and so you force yourself and then at the end of it you feel like you've actually accomplished something like i love rock operas i love terrible ones i love ones that they all kind of freak me out they're all very weird and off-putting and this one was no different than any of the uh, other others that i consider in that way and yeah and he 
performed. Like, I could not believe he would. And he just was amazing as Stacey Jacks. So I went with Rock of Ages. Juhi, I have, I, I, I have, I literally have no idea where the fans would have gone with this. <laughs> I feel like these are, like, if there's movies of his that you haven't seen, you, the literal or metaphoric listener, right? Like, I feel like these are maybe the four that you're like, yeah, I don't need to see those. First, before you reveal the winner, how many of these four have you seen personally? I have seen three out of the four. Wow. Okay. That's a higher number than I would have expected. Okay. Um, so what I had done is I had seen The Mummy maybe a couple years ago, and I actually really enjoyed The Mummy. Like, obviously, the whole the Dark Universe thing that they were going for kind of went off the rails. I have no idea what Russell Crowe's doing in that movie. It's insane. Um, <laughs> Nick from New Girl is there. I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> so Rock of Ages, I saw in theaters, and I remember, wow. <laughs> yeah, I saw it in theaters in maybe 2012, and I was like, this camp, I really thought it was going to be good. I was like, this this has the potential to be good, and my, was I wrong? It was not good. <laughs> and then Cocktail I saw on Netflix, maybe a year or two ago and i thoroughly enjoyed it it was so fun okay so the only one you haven't seen is my favorite the bunch is endless love yeah and that was something i was before i came on i was like should i also watch this but then after reading about it and seeing i was like i don't think this needs to be a part a part of the repertoire right now <laughs> i mean what i what i will say is go on youtube and watch the 46 or 49 second clip of him his one scene like you don't have to watch the movie but make sure you see that one scene like this is I mean, like, of all the cameos and all the things we've covered, I think, like, it's not number one. It's a very close number two, but, like, number one still has got to be Man in Red Sports Car from Never oh, on Nick Tuesday Cage, and Nicholas Cage and Cage yeah. Club. Oh, like, that was just forever. bananas. But this is, like, a clo- this is a closer number two than I ever thought we would have had. Yeah, totally agree with you. Like, never expected to reach that level of caginess in another podcast oh, again, yes. and there we were. <laughs> All right, so Juhi, you got two homework assignments. Watch the 46-second clip from Endless Love, and also Google Nicholas Cage Never on Tuesday, and watch that like minute-long scene. I mean, you won't see crazier things this week than either of those. <laughs> I mean, this week has already been crazy, so with the with Top Gun, I, I'm, already, I'm already ready to just embrace it a little more. Love it. So now, who do the fans vote for best of the worst, most fun, bad film? The fans overwhelmed voted for cocktail that was just really okay one everyone's probably seen would you pick cocktail too yes and i did i i did pick cocktail and and i think it has to do with the fact that being on netflix maybe a lot of more people saw it within the last year and so it's you know right at the top of their mind yeah that's what i'm thinking too i think this is one that's like in people's brains is either like that's a great movie or that's a terrible movie like people have a very strong reaction to this one way or the other and like I, I think I wound up being like, yeah, it's okay, it's fine. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's just a it's a it's a it's mostly a really good fun movie, and then it's like, wait, how did this fall off the rails this quickly? People either remember it for Kokomo or people remember it for Dark Suicide. You know, yeah. like I feel like that no one ever remembers the whole movie, but like it's all in there. <laughs> well, speaking of memorable things, I guess. Thank you for the transition, Mike. Maybe best cruise outfit wardrobe. We've got his bald cap, chest hair, and big hands in Tropic Thunder, his flight outfit, or a sailor outfit, or the volleyball jeans in Top Gun. We've got rock star Stacey Jacks in Rock of Ages. We've got samurai suit Red Armor in The Last Samurai. And we've got the Vietnam vet with facial hair in Born on the 4th of July. I did not remember what I voted for, and I'm surprised at my choice, but Mike, who who did you pick? Which character <laughs> did you pick for best outfit wardrobe? So, I yeah, I haven't looked at these. I don't know if I mentioned that. I haven't looked at these since the night that I cast these votes and so I had forgotten most of it as well and I'm a little surprised what I went with because I mean they're all strong Uh, I went with 
Last Samurai. I wanted to, I think it came down to, I wanted to give that movie uh, an award. I wanted to find a place where I could give it some due where it deserved. And I think that that armor was just like amazing. Like it makes him look like a super badass. And yeah, it was just really cool to see him do a samurai thing. And these other ones are awesome. They're ostentatious. They're out of control. Like everything except for Top Gun is like born on 4th of July. Like that's a real person and everything. But you know, it's a big makeup job and everyone is kind of aware of that and same with Les Grossman Stacey Jacks is a cartoon character so like out of the two like sort of real looks you could go for I I went with The Last Samurai Suit which I did too and I do not remember voting for this but I'm not going to change my I'm not going to change my my vote I'm going to stick with it I kind of can't believe that I didn't pick Stacey Jacks because I mean in one of the movies, you're gonna you're gonna have a cod piece, right? Like that whole like just everything about that character is insane. Oh, he had that. Was it, is the pet monkey considered part of his wardrobe? I mean, I don't know. May, might have to rethink my. I don't know. I'm gonna say no, but also okay. if you want to say yes, I'm not against. <laughs> no, we'll say no. <laughs> All right, Joey, who did the who did the fans go with, and what did you pick for best cruise outfit wardrobe? For the first time today, we have a tie, a two way tie. Ooh, hey. yeah. So the winners are the flight outfit outfit or the sailor outfit or the volleyball scene uh in top gun and samurai suit red armor in the last hey, Samurai. we half matched yeah we, yes and did you pick one of those or did you or was your choice a third option my choice was the bald cap chest hair and big hands <laughs> and tropic thunder i was trying to be contentious i wasn't trying to go classic i was trying to go crazy and so that was my choice what i'm learning is that i think you love tropic thunder and you love uh I don't know, just big hands, I guess. I don't know. Like it's uh <laughs> I think I it's just a, it's a good pick. I maybe just don't like Top Gun <laughs> is more it. <laughs> wow. Too much okay. exp- overexposed. I mean one screening is overexposure for that movie. So <laughs> it was. It was quite a lot. All right, Mike, from a right. total wardrobe to a specific wardrobe item, best sunglasses, mm. please. Okay, so we have Collateral, Jerry Maguire, Mission Impossible Two, Risky Business, and Top Gun. Very hard category, Joey. Tom Cruise, known for his sunglasses. These were almost the golden sunglasses at one point, and not the Cruises. Wow. Yes. It's not, a, it's not a hard category for me. Only one of these movies made me buy a knockoff pair of sunglasses on Amazon.com. <laughs> I went with Top Gun. I mean, the gold frames, the green shades, it's the, it's the coolest. It's, I'm sorry, Juhi, no? interrupts, maybe. I don't know if you don't want me to talk about Top Gun, but like those sunglasses <laughs> are so goddamn cool. He's so goddamn cool in that movie. I went with Top Gun. Mike, who'd you go with? What'd you go with? Yeah, so that, I mean, they're all great choices. That's a great choice. I think, you know, I had a pair like that growing up and when I was in high school, maybe. I had some aviators. I had a pair of Ray-Bans. I, I had, you know, some of these sunglasses in real life. Something I'm never going to have are a pair of these rock climbing sunglasses mm-hmm. that also give me a secret mission inside <laughs> of them while I look through the lens. Like, I just think the idea that they took the idea that he is known for sunglasses and wrote it into a Mission Impossible movie, that's at least the way I look at it. I mean, why else would they... It's got to be some kind of connection. Like, you're known for sunglasses. We're going right. to do this gag. People in on the joke are going to love it. Joey, you and I like are in on this joke, and I love it. So I went with Mission Impossible too. I'm going to guess that the fans went with Top Gun. It seems like they're going for the big name, but Joey, who did the fans choose, and what did you choose? The fans and I chose the same thing. We chose the sunglasses from Top Gun. They are just so cool. Like It's synonymous, right? You think of Top Gun, you think of those sunglasses. I, I completely agree with this. 
just imagine me right. with the thumbs up, that picture of Tom Cruise in his fight suit, thumbs up. I'm just endorsing. Oh, that yeah. Thing. And overwhelmingly yeah. so. This was a, yeah. yeah so this was like, <laughs> we are close to 60% on this. People people did love these sunglasses. There's certain categories that I think I would be surprised if I got wrong. Not like that, not that I would agree, but like just in terms of what I think the fans are going to pick. Like this, I think was one of the easier ones because like there's something just about the character and that that's just cool, right? So. There we go. Best dance scene. Maybe decidedly less cool in some of these. Who knows? Choreographed drink mixing in Cocktail. Drunken maskin dancing in Vanilla Sky. Karate dancing and playing pools of the werewolves of London in The Color of Money. Old time rock and roll and risky business. And his solo dancing to low and get back in Tropic Thunder. Mike, what's your favorite Tom Cruise dance scene? Man, I didn't realize he was going to be so known for dancing. I knew about the risky business stuff, but, you know, the the Vince playing pool caught me off guard, even though I'd seen that movie. The, the choreography cocktail crap is just like, I mean, that's out of control. Never seen that in a movie since. I've seen it been parodied. The Vanilla Sky club scene is just freaky. It's like kind of like a nightmare kind of thing. So I had to go with Tropic Thunder. Um, okay. I mean, it's, it's clearly like, it's just this tag on the end of the movie in the credits. So, you know, they're just like, well, we've got to show people this. You know, we've shot this. Like, we, no one can just sit on this. Like, the world needs to see this. <laughs> So, like, I love it because of, like, it's a reverence and it's just crazy and, you know, Cruz just, like, no dignity, just goes all out in that performance. You know, that is my favorite part of a movie that I'm not a huge fan of. I like it. I don't love it. But I went with, again, what I would what I would imagine the listeners chose, but I went with the most, to use Brian Rodriguez's term, iconic old-time rock and roll and risky business. I mean, when you think of Tom Cruise dancing, like... I think that that's what I think of at least, right? And I think that that's, you know, what cemented him maybe as a heartthrob, as a movie lead, as an up-and-comer, as a dancer in movies. Risky business. Yeah. I mean, that's one of, that is a very iconic scene. And Joey, I think I asked you at one point, is that, did that popularize karaoke or like singing along? I still don't have an answer for you. You're like, probably not. I'm still still surprised every time you ask that question. I do not have an answer. I don't know why that comes into my mind and stuff, but I know karaoke was huge in Japan all the time, but you know, in America, were we lip syncing that much? Whatever. It's not Don't important. Know. You're the resident historian. It's up to you. That's right. I am 100. Who did the fans choose? Which dance was their favorite? The fans chose Tropic Thunder. Okay. They oh, went wow. The, I was wrong. Okay. solo dancing at the end of the credits. I think it's just, it's such a good song. It's crazy. You're right in the sense the world had to see it. What, are we just not going to have Tom Cruise doing this? Like, it's insane. I would love to be in the room when this was pitched to Tom Cruise. Like, what what do they say to get him to be in this movie, in this role, and do this? That's Those are my questions. Ben Stiller, right? So, like, I feel like they've been buddies for years and years. Like, he's been parodying Tom Cruise movies um, on like the Ben Stiller show back in the late 90s like he was doing impressions of Tom Cruise and jokes and stuff and somehow he had like a relationship or a friendship with him up until that point where there was just like this trust where Tom Cruise could have just been like hey man it's your show you're running the show just tell me what to do and I'll just you know if I can go as far as I can and you know we'll, we'll try and do it so that's just sort of how I, I like envisioned it in my head but I don't know. All right the next award which we're, we might change the name of for Hanks of the Memories, because I'm realizing that our whole thing, it was originally song, best theme song, soundtrack, score. We dropped score. We might redub it to best music, but we have best theme song, soundtrack. Best theme song, soundtrack, we have Cocktail, Lose in It, Magnolia, Mission Impossible franchise, and Top Gun. 
very tough category. I'm surprised I didn't vote for losing it because we've heard that so many times, and I'm I can't imagine how many times I've already put it in, in, the, in the edit of this episode. But I went with Top Gun because on soundtracks, on number of songs that are iconic, maybe only best that year by the criminally underrated movie Rad. Again, a great soundtrack in that movie. But Top Gun, 1986, just a great, great soundtrack. I don't think you could beat it, but if you think <laughs> losing it, Mike, I think it's okay. Well, Send Me an Angel totally would have fit in Top Gun, if you ask me. I mean, it's in Teen Wolf 2, for crying out loud. So Rad used it well. Great music. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I would change my vote right now on the spot, but I'm not gonna, because I'm just gonna stick with it. But it is definitely, like, the worst option here, and I only chose it because of the theme song, Losing It. Because it just cracks me up so much. But, like, honestly, these other nominees blow it out of the water you know like i had that cocktail soundtrack as a kid and just played it to death like i had the top gun soundtrack and played it to death i don't know what i was thinking must have been really late at night but uh losing it it is for me not changing it love it who do the who do the fans who do the listeners pick the listeners picked top gun overwhelmingly that was their choice i mean highway to the danger zone take my breath away playing with the boys great songs great songs used well too in the movie they're used very deliberately in the movie and i did appreciate that they really come together it works it works in a way that like almost should like i I understand that that movie is propaganda i get it i don't care it's (laughs) it's wonderful they look so cool while they're doing it all right we are now entering the athletic components the athletic portion of the evening the next handful of categories are all both are all very athletically inclined first up the best running scene final shot freeze frame in days of thunder Running Across London in Mission Impossible Fallout, Running to the Ozarks from Boston in Far and Away, which is one of the one of the most difficult screenshots for me to find on Google. Like, I couldn't find that. I don't remember what I put for that, but uh, difficult to find that one. So stuff up your game, Google. Running off the soccer field and his career in Endless Love and starting his career in Endless Love or starting the movie Running in Vanilla Sky. Mike, what is your choice for best running scene? Oh, man, as, as much as I love that freeze frame in Days of Thunder and as much as he runs throughout the entire franchise of Mission Impossible I had to go at Vanilla Sky because even though that's not my favorite movie that's a really striking image that's an incredible shot and I think it also is sort of hearkening back to something Mission Impossible did where it's like you might be kind of known for or becoming known for running a lot in your movies like let's let's do that let's get you on foot instead of in a car or something and i like i actually kind of like it i think it's more effective than the opening of i am legend with will smith when he's sort of running around by himself in times square so i don't know how i could not choose billy the arsonist running onto then off of the soccer field in his career it's like we knew like we knew from his Twitter bio, from his Facebook page, from his Instagram, from everywhere. We just know from seeing his movies that he runs. Running in hashtag running in movies since 1981, right? Like, he, he, he announces it, right? When we saw him run onto screen in Endless Love, I was like, oh, this is, this is, we, we made the right choice. This is, this is beautiful, right? He's like been this running is, since birth. <laughs> it's so goddamn good. Like, it's, perfect it's like his thesis statement essentially like i'm just going to i'm all effort i'm going to outwork you and i'm going to have a good time i'm going to look great doing it right and like again i i'm assuming i might be the only person who voted for this but <laughs> endless love gets my vote for best running scene well the audience overwhelmingly chose running across london and mission impossible fallout this was a fan favorite it's a great one i mean it's it's i think arguably the best one but i don't care Subjective. I'm subjectively <laughs> saying Endless Love is the best one. 
Did you also pick the Fallout one or did you pick a different one? No, I, I had picked the Fallout one. I am so partial to these new Mission Impossible movies, as are you guys. I, I think we really agree on that. And this one, Running Across London and Mission Impossible is just, I love England, Anglophile, so there was no other choice for me here. All right. Mike, most athletic yes. feet. We are split We split this into two, two halves, most athletic oh, yeah. feet and most athletic feet Mission Impossible movies. But first, the <laughs> non-Mission Impossible movies category. So we have flipping bottles in cocktail. A lot of hand-eye coordination there. Uh, hiding from metal spiders underwater, holding his breath in Minority Report. Taming a wild horse in Far and Away. Cruise on a stripper pole in Rock of Ages. Tumbling through Zero-G in The Mummy. I know that he does a lot of crazy things. I know that holding your breath, like he holds his breath in Mission Impossible and here in Minority Report. And what he does in these things is ridiculous but actually tumbling through zero g is amazing only made better by that trailer without the finished <laughs> score without the finished sound effects uh seeing that i was like oh no this is the greatest scene that's ever been captured because like it just makes me realize how silly movies are like them on set literally tumbling through zero g with like this shitty terrible temp track it's like what are we even doing as people so tumbling through zero g in the mummy is my pick i i I don't think i would ever gonna give the mummy an award Mm -hmm. but here we are i love the love of it i love that scene too the zero g that's a crazy clip i mean you know i think the wild horse is really one of the only other feats of strength is what i was sort of thinking in my mind when it came to all this and ultimately i went with the stripper pole because that shit's hard man (laughs) and like he is killing it up there you know it's like he know like that's a workout and a half right like i he's doing j-lo and hustlers up there like you know, it's well, he's not quite doing James. Okay, yeah, it's serious. it's like it's 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 Magic Mike hour though. You know what I'm saying? Like he could go with uh, Matt McConaughey's little crew in that first movie and make a lot of money one day. To, like working that pole, like because he is just killing it. I thought, but yeah. yeah. And who did the listeners choose, or what did the listeners choose? Most athletic feat. I am so pleased to tell you guys that the listeners chose hiding from metal spiders underwater <laughs> in minority report your favorite is that what you voted for as well oh absolutely didn't even need to think about it though the tumbling through zero g in the mummy is really cool and it was cool to see in the trailer too so i definitely thought about it but that entire scene in minority report with the eyes and, and getting the, the weird operation and then those spider things uh still gives me the creeps Incredible athletic feat. Wonderful. Well, speaking of athletic feats, we are going to go to the Mission Impossible section, the most athletic feat in a Mission Impossible movie, climbing the Burj Khalifa in Ghost Protocol, free soloing a mountain in MI2, the halo jump in Fallout, the helicopter climb up in Fallout, or shimming up the pole handcuffed, which I still can't believe he did in Rogue (laughs) Nation. Mike, Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, the hardest maybe. category here tonight. Yeah. What did you pick? So this is definitely the hardest category, I think, for me this evening. Like, how can, how did we, wh- where did we find the balls to even compare? Who gave us the gall to have this as a category? But uh, I'm ultimately going with the halo jump because it's like a real thing that, I mean, the shimmying up the pole he really did, and I still think that's some some kind of magic trick. I don't know. That might be like a wire involved. I don't trust that shot. I don't trust my eyes when it comes to that shot. The halo jump is things that like, you really got to train and all this shit to, to sure, like flying a helicopter, but like, I feel like anyone can learn how to fly a helicopter, but like not everyone has, is going to want to jump out of a 
airplane at low altitude like that with, you know, you're basically in space. So like, I'm going there because he really did it. And it's incredible. And I'm, again, you know, I'm sorry, I don't want to like, discredit a lot of these other things or anything, but had to had to pick one. There are two here, spoiler, from the same movie that I feel are both ridiculous. I ultimately went with the same one you did, the Halo Jump and Mission Impossible Fallout, if only because A, it's crazy, but B, the volume, him doing like hundreds of jumps on this movie, like it's just, it's insane. And like we just covered over on Hanks of the Memories, we covered, it might be, oh, it's out today, our Captain Phillips episode. There's a Halo jump in that movie, but like, it's not cool. Like it's cool, but it's not cool. You know what I mean? Like to make it look this badass and then to do all the things in midair, like him, you know, disconnecting his oxygen and like hooking it up to Henry Cavill's oxygen. It's a whole other level and Halo jump and Mission Impossible Fallout, how can you not? Do we have a three-way tie or do the listeners pick something else? You know, you're on to something there because we do in fact have a tie, a two-way tie here. And <laughs> yeah, so you're you're not far off, but it is a two-way tie between the free soloing on a mountain in Mission Impossible 2 and climbing the Burj Khalifa in Mission Impossible Gross Protocol. And I Really? Yes, and I I can't these really resonate with me. I agree with them 100%. Wow, awesome. okay. All right. I'm a little surprised by the lack of fallout love, but I respect it. I think both of those are some like their their heights, maybe people are afraid of heights. The mm. the Burj Khalifa, you're terrified he's gonna fall, especially when those uh those like gloves stop working. That stuff still it still freaks me out. And then also I remember the still of Mission Impossible too when he's like climbing up that mountain and I, I haven't seen that movie in like twenty years and I still remember that, so I think it resonated. I'm also just laughing now thinking about Jeremy Renner just being a smartass, like unintentionally, I mean, intentionally in the script, but like unintentionally, his character unintentionally being a smartass as he climbs the Burj Khalifa, trying to be helpful, like like storms coming. Yeah, I know. Like it just, there's a lot going on and then I just love that scene. But bottom line, we're all winners because we have that wonderful franchise. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Mike, Mike, we got a, another split category here. First up, best vehicle yes. chase race, non-Mission Impossible. Please hit us with the nominees. Okay. The famous land grab at the end of Far and Away. Landing a plane in suburbia in American Made. The minivan getaway in Edge of Tomorrow. The motorcycle chase with the bulls in Night and Day. And racing to dinner with Michael Rooker in Days of Thunder. This is a tough category, if only because I don't, like... It's not the best. It's not the best. Like, I, I don't love these nominees, to be honest. And, like, no, no shade to these <laughs> movies, because I really like most of these movies. I mean... Edge mm-hmm. of Tomorrow is one of my top two or three. I don't remember where it landed, but, like, it's one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies, favorite movies, right? But, like, of these, I went with the land grab just because I think the scale of it, like, landing a plane mm-hmm. is huge. The minivan is great. The chase with the bulls is great. The two cars racing on the beach and whatever, that's great. But, like, the scale and scope and significance of the land grab, I was like, plus, you know, the whole he's going to die and then come back to life. Like, the whole, like, that whole ending to that movie, yeah. just, it's it's wonderful. And I'm, if I had to guess... I would say you match with me, but please let me know. Did you match? Did you pick something else? I picked something else. Whoa, but okay. I, what I'd like to say about the land grab is, in retrospect, it is insane. Like, we see people dying, like horses flipping over, carriages collapsing on people. Yep. Like, it, it was madness. Like, that was, like, an all-for-nothing land grab is not a good idea, people. Uh, <laughs> so, but apparently that's how a lot of America was settled in back in the day, so good for them. A lot of movies I liked here, though, you know, American Made, Night and Day, Edge of Tomorrow, but ultimately, like, nothing, I can't get over that race in Days of Thunder. 
It really makes no. It is one of the funniest, stupidest things. Like I think I've seen all of Cruise Club. Like I don't remember why. I mean, Michael Rooker. I don't think he knew he had brain damage at that point. I don't know why they were such best friends. I don't know why they had to go race on the beach like they were running in Rocky Three on the way to dinner. It was just crazy. It was almost like it was almost like this weird sort of flirting thing that they were doing, and I was just loving it the whole time. It, it, it had no place in that movie either, by the way. Like I think all these sort of factors combined into a perfect storm for me. Chewy, who did the who did the listeners pick? Because or what did the listeners pick? Because this is a tough one. This is a tough one, and I am pleased to report that the audience picked the minivan getaway in Edge of Tomorrow. Is that what you picked as well? That is what I picked, and it's actually, it's kind of funny because it's the least sexy vehicle chase race. Like, it's not a fun motorcycle. Yeah. It's not an entire yeah. plane. It's a minivan. But I think that that scene is particularly so good when they're trying to get to it, and then they're driving away in it, and all of the mimics are coming after them. So, I mean, I love that scene. Love it, too. All right, the best vehicle chase race, the Mission Impossible edition. We've got Chasing After Ilsa in Rogue Nation, which I feel like this is a transformative nominee for us, Mike, because we're like, should we do the car element of it or the bike element? We're like, no, it's just mm-hmm. it's one thing. It's the same thing. It's the extended scene, right? But Chasing After Ilsa in Rogue Nation, the helicopter chase in Fallout, the motorcycle getaway in Fallout, or motorcycle versus a car in MI2. Mike... What did you pick? Well, I had to give this scene some due in its credit, but the helicopter chase in Mission Impossible Fallout, I love... uh, One thing that I really loved about that ending in a helicopter climax was that the first movie ended in a helicopter climax. It had the chopper chasing the train, and all the shit that Cruz does and the idea that he's actually flying that helicopter, it's just very thrilling. I don't think I've ever seen a helicopter chase quite like that. They try and do stuff like it in Rambo movies, but it never really worked too well back in the day so here we have just like the most expensive production to get it perfect and they did it right and it's just it blows my mind that they captured that on screen so you know i agree with you i was trying to remember why i picked the halo jump over the climb up in fallout in that most athletic feat and i think it's because i was like oh let me give this nomination let me i'm gonna give this scene it's due like you said in this category so i was able to give the halo jump a little bit there but yeah i mean it's so it's such a long scene it's such an involved scene there's so many component parts of it and it's it's insane an insane way to end an insane movie helicopter chase in fallout i love it do we have a three-way tie, or do the listeners, the audience, choose something else? The listeners chose the helicopter chase in Mission Impossible Fallout. Clapping, right. clapping along. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. It's just a great way to end that movie, and you know, we all, we all we all see it. We all know. We all know. We know. Mike, best fight. We've got two that are similar here. Please hit us, hit us with these five categories. Okay, here we go. So we got five on one outside the bar in Jack Reacher, the bathroom fight in Mission Impossible Fallout. Cruise against Cruise in Oblivion, a little bit of a spoilie there, uh, the prison breakout at the beginning of Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Tom Cruise versus five guys again, but this time in The Last Samurai. I can't, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself that when I saw this category, my brain didn't immediately remember what I voted for, but then once you started, I was like, oh yeah, of course, like there's, there's fights, there's fights, and then there's the bathroom fight in Mission Impossible Fallout. Like there's like what people do, and then there's like this fucking scene and 
you know, Henry Cavill broke the internet, I guess, this week or last week. If this comes out, <laughs> just by, yesterday, like, right? Yeah, oh, by, yeah. Sorry. by building a computer and like he's got his arms out and like we know that he can reload his arms because of this scene. Like, there's so much cool stuff in this scene. Bathroom fight and Mission Impossible Fallout is my pick for the best fight. What did you pick, Mike? You know, well, I, Jack Reacher is a great scene because that's like the most realistic fight. Yeah. And then I feel mm-hmm. like The Last Samurai is amazing. I should, probably would have, I would probably change it to that just in retrospect. But you're right. Like, how can you, it, it's almost wrong of us to put this in there because the bathroom fight, Mission Impossible, Fallout, it's like one of the most amazing. I mean, that movie, just give it everything. Give it all the awards tonight, probably. But it sure, like a fight like that, probably not very realistic. You know, there's more realistic fights in a Jason Bourne film, maybe. But, like, again, like you don't... That's not the point of it. The point of it is spectacle. And that it delivers on, I think, mostly than the rest of these in the category. So it yeah. edged everything out. Do we have another three-way tie? Or did the, the listeners go with something else? So the listeners, society at large, everyone who's ever existed, agree that the bathroom fight in Mission yep. Impossible yep. Fallout is just on another level. It's not... I think I think you guys said it best when you said there are fights and then there's this bathroom fight in Mission Impossible Fallout. Not much more to say. It's it's so good. It's so good. That arm reload speaks for itself. I think that as well, like the idea that it's just not Tom Cruise fighting someone, but Joey, like we started bringing up along his career, like he gets his ass whooped. Yep. He gets his ass kicked so hard. Yep. Like I think he even gets knocked out at one point in that fight and like comes back into it and stuff. So, yeah, it's so good. All right. The most badass role. I surprised myself with what I voted for here. Maybe. Oh, me too. Captain Nathan Algren in The Last Samurai. Colonel Klaus von Stauffenberg in Valkyrie. Ethan Hunt in all the Mission Impossible movies. Joe Donnelly, your boy, in Far and Away. And Ron Kovic in Born on the Fourth of July. Okay. I remember why I picked this now. I remember why. Because this guy is unkillable. I picked Joe Donnelly in Far and Away. Let me explain. It's one thing to, like, come back from the dead after, you know, like he did in that movie and stuff. But he, his character is a, is a pit fighter. Like, he's a fighter. Like, he, he fights for money in that movie. Like, he could kick... He might kick Ethan Hunt's ass. I'm not sure if they came face to face. Plus, he punched out a horse in one shot. That's insane. And I've never seen that again, and I'm not going to rewatch that part or anything. Like, I don't want to see him punch out a horse again. But that's one tough motherfucker, Joe Donnelly. So I think it's he's pretty badass. I feel like I intentionally did not choose Ethan Hunt because I can't vote for Mission Impossible for everything. I mean, I can, <laughs> but I don't want to. I went with Colonel Klaus von Stauffenberg in this one. I think a lot yeah. of that had to do with our conversation with John Brooks, with our our real true resident historian, our resident religious expert, and now has his own podcast here on the network, Hard to Believe with John Brooks. To play a Nazi is a bold move, and to play a Nazi that wants to kill Hitler and then dies for it, I mean, there's it's hard to be more badass mm-hmm. than that. So I went with the real-life Colonel Klaus von Stauffenberg. Chuhi, nice. what did the listeners choose? Which role did they deem was most badass? The listeners went for what I think everyone, most people, would agree with in the fact that Ethan Hunt is the most badass role in the Mission Impossible franchise. I think, like, in my heart, that's what I want to pick, but I Mm -hmm. I can't pick Mission Impossible for, like, 18 of these things. Like, it just, it doesn't feel fair to the rest, but in my heart, probably that's true, so. I think when you're dangling off an airplane or a helicopter or the side of the the tallest building in the world, like, you are the definition of badass. You've, You've become badass. Yeah. Now, Mike... Here we, here we get into our acting 
our acting oh, no. portion of the evening. The best of really... <laughs> Please hit us with these. Eight years old and I was into arson in Endless Love. Hello, hello, I'm looking for my wife. You complete me in Jerry Maguire. Give me a little bit more, Mike. Give me a little <laughs> you bit more. We're celebrating the career. We're celebrating the man's me. career. I feel the need, the need for speed in Top Gun. I want the truth in A Few Good Men. I'm dropping the hammer, Harry, in Days of Thunder. I'm working on it in Mission Impossible Fallout. Mission accomplished in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Respect the cock and tame the cunt in Magnolia. So the one that you were you were hesitant to say, you put the most energy behind, but okay, okay. What? I see you it. think so? I just tried to throw it away. But we all know when Get Ready for an Adventure dropped that, you know, trying to throw away a line sometimes immortalizes it. Get ready for an adventure. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face in Tropic Thunder. Tell me you like my hat. Say you like my hat. And far and away. I mean, I think that he delivered them with a little bit more emphasis than you, but I mean, he, he, well, did, he did a great know. job. If I was getting paid, I would <laughs> just put it like that. <laughs> this is a tough one. This is a tough one. There's a lot of really good ones here. This is, again, one of our bigger ones. There's 10 nominees here. I think we probably had like 25 or 30 that we cut it down from. But if you think of Tom Cruise quotes, I don't know that there are many that are more memorable, more iconic than his one from Top Gun. I feel the need, the need... For speed, like mm. I mean, that's that's our tagline for the show, right? Like a, we feel the need to need the podcast. Like yep. it's that for a reason. It is so good. Very nice. I pick something else. Well, I agree. That is a great one, and it's you know it's it's out there. I hear it a lot. And but like growing up, I heard um, "You can't handle the truth" was a big one, and so like I went with "I want the truth." Um, the sort of the call to the response, I mm. guess you could say. The only other one that really had any contention here is You Complete Me. I think that that one might be even more ingrained into the culture or society or whatever. But, like, I think because I didn't – I don't know if I nominated – if I gave anything to A Few Good Men tonight, but, like, I really wanted to represent them. You don't get You Can't Handle the Truth without I Want the Truth. So that's why I went for it. Without A, there is no B. Might be more of the perfect setup. To the, per- to the best line, but... It's an alley-oop, right? It's like, you can't have the slam without the setup. So I agree. It's good choice. Good, good choice. I kind of agree with Mike in the sense that I really wanted to pick You Can't Handle Truth, I Want the Truth. But at the end of the day, it's it's Jack Nicholson's line that everyone re- like remembers, responds to. You don't really yep. remember what's going on right before. You just remember when he's on the stand and you remember what's on the line there and you remember Jack's line. So I didn't pick that one. I actually picked the Jerry Maguire line. I mean, we talked about it. It, it became a part of like, it's in the dark night. It's Jerry Maguire exists in the Joker's universe. And that already is so, <laughs> yeah. that's so incredible to me. And it's, it's what I also like that Tom Cruise has that vulnerability because in all these other things, he's like, really like he's stressed he's finishing a mission he's yelling he's upset he's about to be court-martialed you know a lot of stuff is happening but in that one he's like very vulnerable he's trying to convince her that he loves her and so i picked that one before we get to the fans i think that's a wonderful explanation i just can't let the opportunity go without once again bringing up the fact that in the dark night there is a scene where the joker is dressed as a nurse and like tending to Harvey Dent, and Harvey Dent does not realize it's the Joker until he takes the mask off when it is very clearly the Joker. Like I love that movie, but that scene—he's got still... half his face missing. Come on, he's not seeing straight. He's side, got one the eye. The side that's missing is further away from the Joker, so the side that's yeah, fine. Like, mm, it's a movie. It is the, it's the <laughs> silliest scene in a movie in a long time. I think I love it. 
but he just like the overacting like oh good god i can't believe it's you like just need to bring that up i mean we talked about that on cinemakers with the entire christopher yeah. nolan run with chris podcast so go check out those 10 10 10 episodes i think but you, 10 you, end the, episodes. the fans pick did they which line did they agree with one of us or did they go somewhere else they went with or not the shortest the second shortest line and they went with i feel the need the need for speed from top Gun. Hell yeah. hey, hey match to joke yeah, you know, there's something there's something beautiful mm-hmm. about the brevity there. There's something really beautiful about mission accomplished out of everything. Like, that was, I mean, all these years, all these missions, Tom Cruise almost dying in a lot of ways, and he says mission accomplished. Like, that's so cool. It was literally the, I was like, they're never going to go there. You know, like, I can't believe they, and it fits so well. It was like the perfect moment for it. It, it earned it so hard at that point. So it was great. You can't have a best line without a best freak out. And here we go. I'm sorry your time's run out. What do we have for the losers, Judge? Well, for our defendants, it's a lifetime at exotic Fort Leavenworth. And it goes on and on and on from there. Being a few good men. It's beautiful, man. Beautiful. At the end of taps. Penis. Big fucking erect penis mom. Penis. Penis. <laughs> in Born on the Fourth of July. What difference does it make where you buy underwear? What difference does it make underwear is underwear in Rain Man? And then one probably problematic, especially now in like in the time that it has happened since we created these awards, this is even more of an issue. But I love the black man. Show me the money. I love black people. You, my motherfucker, show me the money in Jerry Maguire. Like people remember show me the money, but they don't remember what leads up to it. So maybe for yeah. the better. I don't know that we need to remember that. I know. But Mike, which freak out was your favorite? I feel bad all sorts of ways right now because not just because of the line, but also who he's saying it to. And but I, I mean, hey, I, 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 I don't know when I when I voted for this, but I can't change it now, can I? But I went with Jerry Maguire. I think I went with Jerry Maguire because it's the show me the money scene and that's what I remember and I think you guys are both absolutely right that <laughs> if I had sort of gone back and rewatched this scene and would have noticed like a lot of issues going on here. Uh, but I can't change it now. I mean I can, but I've decided like with the rest of them not to. So I'm gonna stick them with my guns and, and I'm just gonna stay with the Jerry Maguire. Well I appreciate your integrity and your honesty and I thank you for both of them. My pick here was kind of process of elimination. Like I think that there is some that I just, you know, it was like it's not that. What I wound up going with here is the a few good men. And I feel like it's kind of, you know, I want the truth, you can't handle the truth. Just sort of like the the passion, the acting of that last scene. Like what what you just talked about in the last one I feel like there, this performance is so good, and I wanted to commemorate it, honor it in some way, and I feel like mm. this whole fervor, the passion with which he freaks out here, it's one of the best. So I went with the line from A Few Good Men. I agree with Mike. I also went with the Jerry Maguire quote, and I, when I had read it, I was like, oh, that's what came before that? I had no idea. I didn't love remembering that, but I think that I couldn't not vote for Show Me the Money. That's just so... So Tom Cruise, like it's like a it's like a GIF people send now. It's like him really stressed with the phone. So I I, I also went with the Jerry Maguire quote. And what did the listeners? Did the listeners agree with you too, or did they pick something different? The listeners agreed with us overwhelmingly. They believe wow. that quote from Jerry Maguire is the best freakout of Tom Cruise. Wow. Okay. He plays a lot of composed characters, and when he's not, he's not freaking out all that often. But Joey, I think we talked a lot about how he's got like Ad Astra syndrome with his heart rate; like it never goes above like resting heart rate or something. Yep. Um, and a lot of his characters are just too cool. So now, Mike, we are down to our final two awards of the evening. The big oh two: my God. We have best film and best role. We have taken a long road to get here. We have done forty-five episodes. 
This is 46. We've covered all like 41 or 42 of his movies. Pandemic has pushed Top Gun to hopefully this winter, but I don't know. Who knows when that's going to happen? Just drop it on VOD. Just please. Just put everything on VOD. I need it. I need that IV. I need that fresh, fresh Tom Cruise. Mike, please hit us with the nominees for Best Film. Oh my gosh. So Best Film, we have A Few Good Men, American Made, Born on the Fourth of July, Collateral, Edge of Tomorrow, Eyes Wide Shut, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Fallout, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Top Gun. Wow, what were we thinking? We have so, <laughs> so many to choose from. It is, again, it would be one of the most difficult categories if one of these movies wasn't my... It's just, what's my favorite movie? What's my favorite Tom Cruise movie? What's like the coolest action movie? What's maybe the best action movie I've ever seen? And that's coming from someone with a Fast and Furious podcast. Like, Mission Impossible Fallout is a perfect movie. Maybe the best action movie that's ever been made. I'm, I, I, I realize diehard fans are... Now, I, I hear you, but Fallout is so goddamned good, and I refuse to hear otherwise, even though, Mike, I know <laughs> you're going to pick Edge of Tomorrow, so please hit me with that Edge of Tomorrow justification. Yeah, so, you know, nothing against Fallout. It's one of my favorite movies ever. I love it. Uh, holds a special place in my heart, of course, but there's only, there's, there's, there's two sort of qualities here that changed my decision so like you know i think if i had to you know take a point away it's because fallout is like the sixth movie in a franchise and like that might even be actually giving it more credit the idea (laughs) that we're at six and it's better than like one or two but the other thing and and this might also not be valid anymore either the reason i didn't go with it is because it's not like sci-fi but it actually kind of is becoming very much a science fiction franchise with all the gadgets and gear and everything but i had to go with edge of tomorrow I mean, I cannot stop watching that movie. Like, I just, whatever. Like, I just put it on repeat Watch, die, until repeat. I die. You know, I just live watching it on repeat. Yeah. I love everything about it. I like I, I like it more. It, for me, it's like the ultimate Groundhog's Day movie. I like it a little more than the Bill Murray one because, again, of the genre and the action and stuff. Probably no surprise, but it's Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, my favorite Groundhog Day variant is, of course, Happy Death Day. Love Edge of Tomorrow. There's a new entry, which I won't, I won't claim. Like, I don't want to spoil a new movie, but there's a new movie <laughs> yeah. that's a very strong contender in that in that genre. It's a trope that's kind of overplayed, and then you see something that like does it really well. You're like, oh no, this is great. Like, I remember this is great. It was a tough call, though, man, because you know I love me some collateral. Like, I love a lot of American Made. Oof, you know how hard it was not to vote for American Made. Well, I mean, I love nine of these movies. The one I don't love is American Made, but I get I get what you're saying. But yes, who did the, who did the listeners choose, and what did you choose? I mean, I'm I'm so sorry that again, Minority Report is not here, but I think your other favorite is here. So what did the listeners choose? And then remind us what your pick is for this category. Well, first of all, how dare you for not including Minority Report? Because that film is incredible. It's Spielberg. It's I mean, I just cannot talk enough about Minority Report. But I would like to say it's really kind of beautiful here that both of you guys picked two of my favorites as well. Like beyond Minority Report, Mission Impossible Fallout and Edge of Tomorrow are just two of the best action films ever, I would say. So I think it's really, I agree with both of you. And in after 40 some podcasts of Tom Cruise movies, it's kind of uh, some beautiful harmony that the audience agrees with both of you as well, because it's a tie. Oh, wow. Oh, that's wow. amazing. That's third tie. Edge of Tomorrow, Mission Impossible Fallout tie, both with 31.6% of the votes. So they both got a third and like everything else got a third. That's that's a nice, I like that. That's a very nice way to not end this, but like 
come close to ending this. I think that's a very, that touches, that's, that's very touching. I think, again, like if I could choose two, I would choose those two. Like they're so close, but you know, I got to go with one. So I went with my, I went with my gut. All right. Okay. The final category, best role, Captain Nathan Algren in The Last Samurai, Colonel Klaus von Stauffenberg in Valkyrie, Ethan Hunt in the Mission Impossible franchise, the titular Jerry Maguire, Mike's boy Lestat in Interview with the Vampire. He'll be back. Lieutenant Daniel Caffey in A Few Good Men. Maverick in Top Gun. Ron Kovic in Born on the Fourth of July. Vincent in Collateral. And Vincent Loria in The Color of Money. Mike, maybe the toughest category. Maybe not. I don't know. What did you pick for best cruise role? Very, 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 very tough category for me. I think I really, I narrowed it down to like four performances, which I then sort of narrowed down even more to two performances. Ultimately, I have to go with what I genuinely believe might be one of his best performances and roles, and that is Vincent in Collateral. Wow, um, okay. He personifies that character. It's the first time he's truly trying to play against type, and I feel like successfully, uh, because he does it so far and so well. Uh, it just him and Jamie Foxx feed off each other in that movie. There's like just this certain energy that just comes around once in a once in a blue moon, you know, and like that that they were able. Michael Mann captured all of that. Um, maybe it's the way they shot it, a digital that he was able to like grab things normally you wouldn't with film or whatever i don't know about the process so much but like yeah whatever wherever he had to go to to get to vincent i'm not quite sure he's ever really gone back there and i mean you know the the other guy is ethan of course ethan is always an honorable mention i'm sorry ethan you got six movies and vincent's got one and he dies at the end so i have to go with him i'm thinking about what defines who defines tom cruise's career and i again broken record all evening long my favorite movie my favorite, you know, everything. It's just, it's the Ethan Hunt show. I can't not pick Ethan Hunt. I think all these characters are great. I see exactly where you're coming from with Vincent. I think seeing him as a villain is great. I think it works really well for all the reasons you said. But boy, oh boy, Ethan Hunt. It's just the way that he grows, the way that he's able to do the insane things he does. Like, it's Tom Cruise in a character, and I love it. Best Cruise role, I think. I, I can't not go with Ethan Hunt. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't go with Ethan Hunt, but, you know, there we are. <laughs> like, you're a madman. It's man. the logical choice. But you're, you're a madman. <laughs> All right, Juvie, the final reveal of the evening. What did the listeners choose for Best Cruise role? The listeners chose Jerry Maguire in Jerry Maguire. Wow! Oh, holy crow. That is a surprise. Okay. And I will say this is one of the most split votes. This has been, others have been kind of easy to see or it was a two-way tie. But this one, I think the listeners were all over the place. And I think that just shows like Tom Cruise means different things to different people. And whatever iteration he's in, like, is he your Mission Impossible iteration? Is he your Maverick and Top Gun iteration? Is he your... Um, maybe less less so for a lot of people, but Lestat, an interview with a vampire. So everybody was all over the place on this one. And where did you land? What is your favorite Tom Cruise role? So I was really tempted to just go with Ethan Hunt, but at the end of the day, I picked that for most badass because that's what that means to me. Like he's doing all these crazy things. As his best role, I went for his character actor. I went for Jerry Maguire because he's doing a lot of things in there. I think he was actually nominated for an Academy Award. It's, it's like a very compelling performance and it's kind of what I think of when I think of Tom Cruise 
aside from him, you know, jumping onto planes. I think that's one of his most well-known films and most well-known roles too. Yeah. And I, and I think Joey and I expressed, you know, more interest in that side of him and we don't really get any more rom-com crews as it were, right? Yeah. Like we get a, we get our fill with Tom Hanks, but like, it would have been nice to see a few more Jerry Maguire performances of his. Well, Juhi, thank you so much for joining us for this celebration of all things Tom Cruise. We just had his birthday on July 3rd, right? He's you know, he starred and born on the 4th of July, but he, in fact, was born on the 3rd of July. Celebrated the man, sort of. I know, I, at least, you know, we wished him happy birthday on Twitter. <laughs> that counts. But uh, today is really a, truly a celebration of his career, of his movies, of our favorite performances, all of our favorite parts of these movies. So I truly thank you for not only listening, but coming on here and talking about and celebrating him in person sort of ish remotely whatever with us so thank you thank you thank you no thank you so much for having me this is i i knew i wanted to be involved with this i love so many of his movies and so it was great to be included thank you so now it feels like and this is again a, a plug for another podcast i mean of course we have hanks of the memories every friday we're doing the tom tom club and you know we still got another 15 or 20 episodes of hanks of the memories it feels like based on this whole conversation you're very big into action. Where do you fall in the Fast and Furious franchise? Oh, I cannot. One of the most devastating things to me was when Fast and Furious, are we at nine, was moved to 2021. I was outraged. I was, I could not, I I really started taking COVID-19 seriously the day that that was (laughs) announced. I was like, oh my God, they took the family down. Like we, we have to take this thing seriously. I cannot speak more highly about the Fast and Furious franchise. I watch them all the time. I want to be a part of the family. Fast Five, when they're in Brazil, just opened up a different world for me. That is the perfect answer. I'm writing you down for our future guests on Too Fast, Too Forever. <laughs> you just signed yourself up for his other podcast. <laughs> yes, the, this entire lap, and I think next entire lap, we're having the same guest for an entire lap. But when we come in knocking for future guests, we are for sure going to reach out to you because you are a delight. Your passion is clear and you got great taste in movies. So that's all that. And of course, podcasts. I mean, come on, yeah. really, you know. Well, thank- also, shout out Google for helping you find our Prometheus episode. All the SEO work I'm doing is paying off maybe a little bit. Woo! Oh yeah, I was I was so happy when I discovered this. And then to, I actually went back and did a little bit of Keanu. I did a little bit of um, Nicholas Cage. Like I really did a deep dive and, and I picked some of my, like I did the National treasure episode obviously because i love that movie but i a lot of the things you guys covered are stuff that i want to hear people talking about so thank you for doing this work well thank you for listening i mean we've got something like 1600 something episodes i think you know mike and i you you and you and i have done probably 500 of them maybe maybe more together mm-hmm. i've done another probably 400 maybe not that many but with joe and like as guests and like there's a lot of us talking out there so this is the end of cruise club for now but if you want more of us, go to cageclub.me slash shows. We think, I think we have 27 shows now. Um, there's a couple more that might be in the works, some from Mike, some from other people that you might know as guests. 27 shows, still putting out about 40 or 50 episodes across all shows per month. Hanks with the Memory still going strong for another 15 or 20 episodes. Mike, you got third time's a charm at least once a month, if not twice a month. Bonus episodes sometimes mid-month. Plus, you know, once we finish up on Hanks, we got to go back. We got to go back and uh, a couple Charlize movies we missed. Got to pick up Elvis again. Oh, There's yeah. a lot more going mm-hmm. on. Elvis has uh, not left the building yet. We still no. got him. <laughs> Joey, do you have anything? Do you have anything you want to plug? Anywhere you want people to find you online? Should you wish to be found? I mean, I'm I'm out there on Twitter, on Instagram, and my first and last name. But it's uh, 
I'm not, I'm not quite as out there as maybe you guys are. <laughs> I don't have a podcast. It would be cool, but I don't have one. So yeah, just the normal social media. You can find me retweeting stuff about animals or racial injustice. I'm out there. Everyone's two favorite topics, equality and pets. So cool. For all things Cruise Club, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, run at cageclub.me. We will check in and we will discuss it on a future episode or we'll respond to you, whatever. Down the line, we got Top Gun Maverick. We got MI7 and 8. We got his movie that he's filming in space, probably with Doug Lyman. Who knows? Probably other stuff we don't know about yet. But we got four, at least four big movies coming at some point. Hopefully, you know, this year, next year, whenever, but who knows? Mike, I'm also very worried. We're, you know, we're, we're in the seventh month of the year. Nicolas Cage has not put out a movie this year. We've covered Color Out of Space, but that came out last <laughs> year, technically. So I need that 2020 release date on one of his movies on IMDb. He can't break the streak. Every year since 81, right? So Yeah, and six films last year alone. So come on, Cage, where you at? That Cage chain to keep going. But anyway, go to cageclub.me slash shows. Just poke around. Like I said, 1,600 episodes, something, 27 shows. Whatever you're looking for, as long as it's pop culture, we probably got it. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And that was Joey Kimani. And we'll see you next time right here, whenever it is, on Cruise Club. (laughs) 